0: Welcome to the Deep Waters Podcast.
1: We pray that Christ is at the beginning, all throughout, and at the end of all that we do. May openness and shalom mark our discussions. As we engage in conversations about the fresh move of God, may our hearts be drawn to unity. And in all things, may this shape us to look more like you, Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen today we've got a little bit of grape juice i'm sure you'll find out why in 30 seconds and enjoy the deep waters podcast
1: 30 seconds. Hi, Jace. Welcome back from 30 seconds. Wow. <laughs> Don't you love our intro music? Time flies. I do. Oh, it's yes. just the best. I listen to other podcasts and I think our music is better.
0: It's special that it was homegrown.
1: I know. Mm-hmm. Just our Riverhouse musicians being very talented.
0: Yeah, it makes it better
1: for sure. Totally. Um, What are we talking about today? I forget. Communion. Oh, right. And it's the grape juice.
0: Oh, voila. We wanted a... Uh, a drink that was themed. Yeah, this is themed. Yes, it's totally. better
1: than the mushroom coffee we had the other day. That is true. This let let me ask you this, Jace. Um does it taste like blood to you? No.
0: It tastes like grape juice, I think.
1: Do you think it is blood? Um I'm I don't know. <laughs> it's we haven't even prayed for it it's definitely great yeah it's definitely grape juice. i don't <laughs> think it's
0: i don't think it's blood
1: if there was a catholic priest in here consecrating it that might change things but i doubt it's that hard that to it's
0: hard to be positive oh. It's blood
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's <was> good
0: <laughs> you're just so full of the dad
1: jokes it's amazing oh. you have a gift
0: At least it was not A negative joke.
1: Oh, my gosh. There you have it. (laughs) Oh, Oh, that was rough. My goodness. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not good at that. Uh, Yes. Okay. So in case you didn't listen to the podcast last week, Mm -hmm. we talked about communion, the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper from the more systematic theological approach. Mm -hmm. And we dug in. That's why we're kind of making fun of ourselves here. We dug into what is transubstantiation other views like consubstantiation, real spiritual presence, and the symbolic view. Mm -hmm. Um, We hashed those four out. And today um, we're setting the systematic approach aside to begin with scripture, Mm -hmm. which arguably we should have done in the first place. But I like that we're doing it in this order because to me, it feels like we're ending on the thing that I'd rather be focused on.
0: That's good. That's really good. Yeah, if this was one conversation, I think this is where we'd land. So it makes sense to split up the two parts that way. Mm -hmm. I think what we can know for sure is that Christ's blood type was O negative because it's for everyone. (laughs) Because he's a universal donor. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Maybe. Well, I guess he didn't have any children. I was going to say maybe O negative started with him. Yeah. That's not how it works because he didn't have kids.
0: That is true. Uh,
1: definitely universal donor though. Mm -hmm. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus.
0: Amen. For your blood. Yes. No, (laughs) I mean, I'm not trying to make light of it. It is such a beautiful thing. (laughs) And if you feel like, wow, he really just doesn't respect the Eucharist. Listen to the last podcast. I was all over it. Loved it. (laughs) Big fan. And we're getting back into it. Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah, for sure. Good Good night. I'm
0: going to get canceled.
1: Oh no. (laughs) Okay. This is what I want to say in light of our last podcast Mm -hmm. and in going into this podcast. The way that Western thinkers, if I can make generalizations, there's, yeah. <laughs> let's say, sweeping broad stroke generalizations yeah. here. There's the Western way to think and the Eastern way to think. Mm-hmm. And we could unpack this for a long time, but I'll try and make it quick. The, the Western way to think is like the Greek, um, even Enlightenment way of thinking where things are formulaic and there's more black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, I am looking for, um, uh, proof to understand something. And, mm-hmm. and if I ask you for a description of something, then I'll expect you to just give me plainly what I'm asking for. Mm-hmm. But in the Eastern world, there are a lot less black and white calculated. If I asked you a question, it'd be more likely that you would respond with another question. Mm hmm. Because you're trying to get me to go on a journey of discovery.
0: Yes, totally. Does that make sense? Uh
1: huh. Um, and I think our last conversation, that systematic theological approach, is a good example of what Western thinkers do when they're presented with a confusing problem that an Eastern worldview um, put together, which is the <laughs> Bible. It's <Yeah>. all Eastern. <laughs> totally. So. Uh, did, did that make sense?
0: No. Yeah, totally. I think that's, that, that's good. Cause I think, yeah, the Bible we've talked about before is just full of stories and questions, answering questions pretty mm-hmm. much. And yeah, it feels like everything that we talked through and all the people that were discussing it is just the Western world trying to somehow define all these beautiful Eastern pictures we're going to go through.
1: Yeah, that's good. And the Bible doesn't give us definitions. It does give us metaphors. Mm-hmm. It gives us stories. Totally. Parables Jesus gave so that those who hear do not hear and those who see do not see.
0: <laughs> he says. I know. I've read that in Matthew. Yeah. i going through Matthew right now as a staff. And I was like, oof, I don't, that one kind of hurt. <laughs> Tough, right? Yeah. You just pray that you're one of the ones yeah. that has ears to hear. Oh.
1: And my guess is because you're praying that, that you do have ears to hear. Yeah. That is fair. It harkens back to Isaiah chapter one about the people not having ears to hear God's words because they've closed their hearts off. It's like a stony heart problem. Yeah. Anyway, that's not the conversation that we're having today. But a
0: stony heart problem is a very Eastern way to describe a problem. Yeah, you're you know? right. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, Amen. Good.
1: And a Western thinker would look at you and say, your heart's not made of stone.
0: Mm-hmm. No one's is. That doesn't make any sense.
1: Also, the heart doesn't feel things. It just pumps blood through your veins. Yeah. To which you'd say, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I just want to point out that Jesus was asked a lot of questions. And typically the questions came up because there was a problem. Someone mm-hmm. was curious what the answer was. Jesus rarely just gave super straight answers. He would give back bigger problems for you to wrestle with. Yeah, totally. You know, Um, things like that. Mm -hmm. The the parables, he gave a parable. Then the disciples came and said, why do you speak in parables? And then Jesus said, I speak in parables so that people who listen don't hear. And then people who have eyes don't see.
0: Yeah, you're like... that doesn't, so you're, <laughs> you're doing it intentionally to be confusing. That's what it like. Right. Yeah. You're like, what? You j- also,
1: you just gave me another riddle after mm-hmm. giving me a parable, which felt like a riddle yeah. to begin with. And
0: I'm, I'm just confused. Jesus. <laughs> well, it's like also like uh, John the Baptist disciples come and say, why don't your disciples fast? Like us and the Pharisees. And he's like, well, why would you like, would would a wedding, would wedding guests, uh, like mourn while the bridegroom's still there or something like that? Yes. And, and so it's like, no, it's cause like, cause I'm, I'm the bread, you know, cause I, they don't need, I don't know. He didn't answer it straight away. He just like painted another picture of an analogy oh. of a metaphor of a simile, you know? <laughs> and it's so wise. Yeah. And it's so wise. It's really beautiful. Cause
1: there's way more meaning in that approach mm-hmm. than to just say, Oh, we're just trying to have a good time. They don't yeah. need to fast.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. You know. It's like, I mean, the or or to say like to just lay it out, well, when I'm gone, they'll fast, you know, but while I'm here, I'm mm-hmm. I'm it, you know? Yes. Like he just never does that in like a really beautiful, humble way, you know.
1: Yeah, that's cool. He's he's meaning that he is always beautiful and humble. Yes. He, he never does it the way that we want him to, because he's even more beautiful and humble than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sorry if that was unclear. No,
1: I got you. I just could have heard that wrong. So mm-hmm. I wanted to clarify. Um, Good stuff. And Jesus in giving his church something significant mm-hmm. to remember the most significant part of our faith by the crucifixion and the resurrection. Yeah. He didn't give us a teaching. He didn't give us an instruction manual. Mm hmm gave us a meal yeah and i just want to sit with that the meal doesn't offer me answers it gives me an experience wow that's a very eastern thing to do mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> that is wild you see yeah.
1: that it's like hey jesus what should we focus on the most and he's like would you hand me that loaf of bread mm-hmm. let me rip it for you and we'll have it and We'll talk mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. What a rabbi! Yeah, <laughs> Jesus is genius. Oh, I love that. Way smarter than I could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. Okay, so with that being said, let's let's just take a journey through Scripture, shall we? Do you have any like questions or thoughts before we start on page one?
0: I'm excited. <laughs> I feel like I've I've read a little bit of the overview, and I just think it's so cool how so much of this all ties together. So, oh, man. let's dive in. It's just wonderful,
1: as Per usual, if you're a common listener and subscriber to The Bible Project and Tim Mackey's content, you're going to see him written all over the things that we say today, because mm-hmm. um, I am just steeped in his content, constantly learning from him. Uh, so hopefully this will be kind of a helpful discussion of the hard work that he and other scholars have done before yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And one thing that I love so much about Tim Mackey and the Bible Project in general is how they're able to look at one thing in Scripture and see what that one thing is connected to, like a thread Mm -hmm. and a tapestry, all the way through the story, from the first to the last page. It's so good. I love that. This is definitely one of those. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll play around in that space today. Sounds good to me. So page one. Let's do it. Is there anything... Uh, that sounds like a meal right at the very beginning. Think Garden of Eden, uh, Adam and Eve was was food or togetherness or the presence of Jesus or the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Like, was, was there something like that in the garden?
0: Very <laughs> you <know>? much so. <laughs> I would say um, solely, maybe <laughs> like... <laughs> Altogether, that was was this communion with the lord um some maybe like physical presence of god walking through the garden with them mm-hmm. we like there's that language and and he made uh all these fruit trees and says yeah eat you know
1: that's good. It wasn't just a forest. It yeah. was the garden of Eden. Isn't
0: that the first thing he says to, to humans?
1: Yes. I think we just
0: looked at that. Yeah. It, um, feel free. Like You, you are free to, to eat. eat. That's <laughs> the, the first line that God says to humans. That's so Besides great. like be created in some <laughs> song that he sings. Yeah. Some roar of a lion that he... Wow! Well, creates Narnia with yes Lord <laughs> you are free to eat of
1: any of the trees in this whole place except one mm-hmm. don't eat of that one the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because it'll kill you but well he says or you will surely die yeah um but all these other trees countless trees I imagine um One of which we're told by the narrator is the tree of life. Mm -hmm. And later in Genesis three, we're told that the tree of life um, is some incredible kind of tree that when you eat from it, you gain eternal life. Wow. You have access to eternal life in this tree. So mystical tree gives me, the ability to live forever Mm -hmm. (laughs) you might you know you might be thinking um i want to try and connect different dots in scripture so that we think about this less like a cool fairy tale and more Mm -hmm. like the bible um so instead of picture like an incredible apple tree that's glowing and i grab an apple and i eat it and then i just stay that age for eternity (laughs) yeah um can you think of anywhere, I'm putting you on the spot, Jace, but can you think of anywhere in scripture where, um, eternal life is defined? There's, there's kind of a key moment where Jesus says, this is eternal
0: life. Isn't it knowing the father and knowing me or something like that? Perfect. Okay. You got it. Yes. Exactly. I didn't know that Jesus said that. Yep. Eternal life is knowing. Mm-hmm. I thought it was Jesus. It's funny. Yeah. He
1: says, he speaks of himself in the third okay. person. Yes. It's, um in his prayer mm-hmm. in John chapter 17. So if you want to go check it out, it's mm-hmm. towards the very beginning, I think they, verse three or four. Um, but he says, and this is eternal life that they might know the father and the son whom he has sent. Mm-hmm. That's I think how yeah, it goes. Totally. So eternal life is about relationship with the creator of the universe. Mm-hmm. It's not about living forever, no, Yeah. which that doesn't mean that, I'm saying it's not also living forever Mm -hmm. because we believe that that is also eternal life, but Jesus defines it as knowing Knowing God. God. Mm -hmm. And if we know God perfectly and we are in right relationship with him in the fullest sense, the most complete and ultimate sense, then we will live forever because he lives forever. He is life and we will be caught up in him.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so you have to reframe the way you think about eternity even and this tree okay so if the tree is giving you eternal life and we've just defined eternal life Mm -hmm. by um knowing the father then a plus b or what is it a plus b equals c yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) what 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 is the eternal like what's the link there what is the tree supposed to make me think of that it doesn't overtly say
0: Oh, that it's like the presence of God.
1: That's good. Yes. Thank you. It's like knowing.
0: No, or knowing God, the knowing of God.
1: Yeah. So like the presence of the tree of life in the middle of the garden is, it's like uh, a symbol, at least, of the actual presence of God with Mm -hmm. them that the people in the garden are invited to eat of. Yeah. Like to consume the presence of God and to take God's presence into our very being. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know that that's what the tree of life was when I was first reading Genesis. Totally. You know, I
0: would have thought it was just like the mystical apple tree that like, that was it. It's like, why did God make this weird tree that just gave you eternal life? You know,
1: (laughs) which is just like, that sounds like a fun fantasy introduction. Yes. Yeah. But it's the, the Bible is doing something much cooler than that, Mm -hmm. which I just want to point out. It's it has to do with a meal. Um, communion with God, communion with each other, knowing one another, holistically partaking of God's very essence and presence is all woven right there. And we haven't even left Genesis two. That's the tree of life. Yeah. Um, yeah. So think of that as like a foundation for what the meal means in the Bible.
0: That's so good. Mm yeah. Does that feel good? Totally. I'm just I'm what I I'm left thinking about how there is Cheers. Cheers.
1: Mm-hmm. Um we're partaking of our grape juice in case you're not watching this video on YouTube. Oh, yes.
0: <laughs> and uh I don't know why I said and. Uh it <laughs> made me think of it's interesting how in the scripture food is one the connection to god but also like the, the breaking of connection to god
1: i'm glad you said that
0: which i i don't know i'm not sure what to do that with that but like i mean you even see with the abuse of maybe alcohol in the bible and like you know the story of noah and or but like the manna that was taken like in stored too much when manna is also like you know, the bread of presents, you know, the, all these kinds of things and the apple that Eve eats is also, or apple fruit, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think apples get a bad rap because of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, first. but, but like, it's like go and eat like that's the first command. And, but like the eating is also like the downfall too. Wow. I don't know what to do with that. There's
1: something there that mm-hmm. we could mine. I, if I can also throw in another one on what you just did, um, Jesus is tempted in the wilderness by Satan with a meal. Mm -hmm. The first temptation, Satan says, turn those rocks into bread. Mm -hmm. And And
0: Jesus was hungry. (laughs) Hungry.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So there's for sure connections all throughout that. Hmm. Without solving it, because I think that would require, as Tim Mackey says, a cup of tea and a very long walk. (laughs) Um, I love that. I think we should just allow that to be a fun space to play in.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm fine with that. Because I think that's for sure something we should be thinking about. Mm -hmm. The desires of our flesh Mm -hmm. versus the desires of the spirit that we only know as we're connected to the Lord's wisdom. Mm Mm-hmm. And we can easily mistake one for the other Yes. because we start to define what is right and wrong on our own terms. Wow. I think there's some answers in there maybe. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. That's how I'd start to play with it. Yeah. But that's a long, that's a long walk with a nice cup of tea. (laughs) Sounds (laughs) good.
0: Um, we can, we can move on to the the communion picture. Okay.
1: Well, this is good. I mean, this is, this is what we're here for. Exactly this. So long, long time ago Mm -hmm. land far, far away. Yes. There were, there was this people group called the Israelites. Mm -hmm. We're now jumping from Genesis into Exodus, Mm -hmm. Exodus, early chapters. The Israelites are in slavery to Pharaoh. If you're like, what happened in between? Just go read it. (laughs) But the the Israelites are enslaved Mm -hmm. and God does this magnificent portrayal of his power with these 10 plagues. Mm -hmm. Each one. Overruling and overriding a significant deity in Egyptian mythology, mm-hmm. which is really cool. The god oh yeah, the goddess of the Nile, and then the Nile turns to blood, so on and so forth. Um, and the last one is where God says, I'm gonna sweep through the land, and the firstborn of every family is going to die. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be a really tough plague. Um, and there's a lot of questions that we could wrestle with here. Like God, how could a good God do that? That's a conversation for another day. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, 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 important thing, even in that question is to point out that God says this doesn't have to happen yeah. if you take this sacrificial lamb's blood and put your, put the blood on the doorposts of your household, mm-hmm. the angel of death will pass by you. And your household will be protected. Yeah. This is a story very early on that completely shaped the way that the Israelites thought about their God and themselves as a people. Mm -hmm. um, That we call the Exodus, where the book gets its name. Um, It's a Passover moment because the angel of death passed over the houses that had the blood of the sacrificial lamb on their doorposts. Mm Um, and didn't kill anyone in those households. Uh, There's a lot that we could talk about there, but hopefully that's a story that's familiar to most, if not all podcast listeners. Um, But what I think is so fascinating about this Mm -hmm. for our sake today is that God didn't just do that. He did it. And then, the Israelites were supposed to go about the way that they ate the night of the Passover, the first Passover. Uh They were supposed to eat in a really particular way. Um, Don't put leaven in your bread because you're going to have to go in a hurry and Mm -hmm. leaven takes a while. So make unleavened bread. It's going to feel flat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's going to be flat. Yeah. Um, There's a sacrificial lamb. You're supposed to eat the flesh of the lamb. All these really particular ways Mm -hmm. that the meal is supposed to go. Yeah. And then as they're exiting the land, when God is giving them laws, he actually ordains that they have a festival, um, like a holiday that celebrates this Mm -hmm. event every year for the rest of eternity. And they celebrate it. It's called the Passover. Mm -hmm. Um, I just... Hopefully that's some familiar context to people, but in case it's not, it's it's worth pointing out that the concept of holidays in the Bible was God's idea first. Mm-hmm. But God actually, in his law, you'll see it in Leviticus chapters, I think 24, 25 in that zone, you'll see that God is actually giving laws to celebrate these different feasts. And the Passover is the defining one I would say between um, Israel and the way that they view their God, Yahweh. Mm -hmm. He is the God who rescued us from slavery in Egypt is the the kind of thing that the Israelites are going to say throughout the whole Old Testament. Yeah. And the pinnacle moment of that rescue is the Passover salvation where God swept his children away. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, to be safe from the hostile oppressors that were the Egyptians. Wow, that was a lot of no it's, context. It's I felt good. like it was necessary. to yeah, kind of that's great. Go through that. Is that okay? Hmm.
0: I I think I love the idea that God instituted holidays as even just like these bookmarks to help us just go back and and remember things. Yeah, and it's like we're. I mean, it's. I think it's good. You know, any, anything that's regular and routine can feel religious, but it's, I like it because it is just a time to reflect on what the Lord's doing. I mean, we have like Christmas and Easter pretty much as like the new Christian holidays. Yeah. Um, which is a shame. I wish we had more throughout the year to like turn my attention to the Lord. Hmm. That's cool. It's a bummer we've like lost those to Judaism. I don't know how that works. Yeah. Well, like, I'm- Why? why do we not... Why don't we do Passover as like Christ Mm -hmm. followers?
1: Well, wow. Excellent question. (laughs) You teed me up really well. I don't know if you knew that you teed me up so well. No, I didn't. We do do Passover because Easter is the new Passover. Mm -hmm. It it happens at the same time. Okay. Intentionally. And that's actually where we're headed is that when Jesus sat down with his disciples, they were celebrating the pinnacle Passover meal together. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I just learned this. I thought it was kind of interesting. They were celebrating that meal like 12 to 24 hours early because, because Jesus knew that he didn't have much more time. Wow. So they might've had it like in the late hours of the night, early hours of the morning when it was still dark. Yeah. It was very much like under wraps because at the time that Jesus was having the last supper, Mm -hmm. he was a wanted man. Yeah. Like people were out for him. So when he comes into Jerusalem, you know how he like, he tells his disciples, go find a person, a man carrying water and go Mm -hmm. ask him, you know, where's the room that's prepared? The teacher is ready. And then they like go and it's kind of sneaky. Yeah. It feels like, um, like a spy movie or something. Mm -hmm. Um, it's because Jesus is wanted. They're coming for him and he knows it. Yeah. He knows his timing but he wants to reattribute all of the meaning of Passover and actually not only reattribute it to him, but magnify it, fulfill it. Wow. I think that's the key word that Mm -hmm. Jesus would like to use. Remember in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, I came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Mm -hmm. That includes the Passover feast, because that's part of the law. Mm -hmm. So he's like, I'm not telling you to stop celebrating Passover. I'm actually fulfilling Passover. I'm saying that the Egyptian Passover was just pointing to what I'm doing. It wasn't, it's not like this is a second salvation. This is the ultimate salvation that Mm -hmm. that that Egyptian salvation was just pointing to. Yeah. It's all culminating in me. (laughs) It's kind of what Jesus is saying. And he, he lifts up the cup And he says, this is my blood, the blood of the new covenant. Um, Or this, this is the cup of the new covenant poured out in my blood. He says, take this drink, do this in remembrance Mm -hmm. of me. Those words are words that Moses used the cup of the covenant. It wasn't the new covenant back then. Moses just called it the cup of the covenant. um, When they were celebrating their feast meals, it was the covenant of their relationship between Mm -hmm. God and God's people. So,
0: and it makes sense for him to use like even the blood terminology, because that's, I remember like with Abraham, like a lot of blood when he made a covenant covenant with God. And so I think that that's probably through image throughout the Bible too, is like blood equals covenant in some way.
1: That's great. Yeah. I don't know. No, you're totally right. Okay. I'm thinking of another feast day in Israel called the day of atonement, Mm -hmm. which also was fulfilled in Christ's crucifixion and resurrection. Mm -hmm. Spoiler. (laughs) Um, And in the day of atonement, the high priest would take blood from uh, the sacrificial lamb Mm -hmm. and sprinkle the blood all throughout the temple in order to purify it Mm -hmm. because the blood of the lamb purified the Holy space. From the sin of the people, wow. Um. Yeah, that's an example of all kinds of things. You're right in Abraham when he, Abraham's story when he made a covenant with God. I think Genesis. Oh, excuse me. You're good. Genesis 15. <laughs> he like split Abraham split all these animals in half, and then God came through. Yeah, in fire and in smoke and fire. Yeah, we could unpack that for a long time. There's totally. a lot going on there, but blood is involved in these covenants um and so i'm glad that you made that connection there's a cup these feast days are important to know if you're going to grasp the full appreciation for what the lord's supper even is totally Mm
0: -hmm. and i think that's where last week we were people were kind of wrestling with like this is just weird that it's like his body and his blood and like what you know but i think with more context of and i'm they had this too but more context of the old Testament. It's like, that's just standard procedure when it comes to um, like sacrifices. And this act is a remembrance of sacrifice.
1: Mm. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like all of what's going on in the Christian world, um, correctly going on in the Christian world, I would say is somehow rooted in the story that God began in the old Testament. And when we are unfamiliar with these details in the old Testament and the culture, um, a lot of the meaning is lost on us. Mm -hmm. So we do ourselves a favor when we learn the context here. This is one thing that I want to point out. That's really fun. Little old Testament nugget for you. Yeah. If you look at Genesis chapter one, it's a poem. It's a poem made out of poems that all have these like really cool structures to them. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to flush out these different meanings. And one of the bigger poems in Genesis one is, um, it's called a chiasm, which is this symmetrical structure that points to the thing in the middle Mm -hmm. as the most significant thing. So the first thing and the last thing are like each other. And then the second thing and the second to last thing are like each other and so on until you get to the middle. Um, that's, that happens all over the old Testament, new Testament too, actually. Um, and there's one in Genesis one that I think is so fun. If you count the words and you follow to the center of the chiasm, um, the word at the very center is moed, which means appointed times Mm -hmm. or seasons. Um, let me read Genesis one fourteen. Yeah. You're probably thinking, what does any of this mean, Benjamin?
0: Totally. Which, I was about to say that. That's a great question. <laughs> We're talking about communion. Right. We're <laughs> about seasons. <laughs> Carry on.
1: Not the creation story. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Verse 14. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let... Them be for signs and for moed seasons and for days and years, and let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. So, you remember, like, God creates the sun and the moon, mm-hmm. but essential in his creation of the sun, the moon, and the stars, which is what's happening right here in Genesis 1 is this idea of the seasons. Um, We lose this a little bit in English if we just use the word season. Mm -hmm. Moed is almost always used to talk about the Hebrew festivals and feasts. Interesting. Yeah. So almost always, including um, the classic one where you go to Leviticus 23, where it starts to talk about these appointed times, Mm -hmm. these feasts, and festivals, the day of atonement, Passover, Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, Mm -hmm. so on day of atonement is Yom Kippur. That was redundant. Anyway, um, this is the word that it's talking about, which I I think what, what I'm trying to say, this is the point. Genesis one is pointing to the days where God's people and God commune with each other at Mm -hmm. the center of creation. Have I ever said this on the podcast before? No, I like it. Oh, really? I think it's really significant. Yeah. And it points to the significance of holidays of the calendar in Mm -hmm. the Jewish culture. And that the Jewish people were supposed to maintain these celebrations in order to be in right relationship with their God, because it's, it's not just an idle holiday like labor day just recently passed us mm-hmm. in the United States. It was just a day off for me. I didn't like do anything significant. Yeah, there's
0: no rituals for labor day.
1: No, like I didn't commune with God in any kind of special way. I just rested mm-hmm. because it was labor day, you know, Yeah. <laughs> but in the Jewish calendar, all of these holidays came with a special way that you were to commune with the Lord, whether it was about repentance, it was about Thanksgiving for the way that God has like shepherded your people through a certain season or whatever. It's, it's all about communion with God, these holidays. So, um, yeah, I, I guess I can't emphasize the importance of these things enough. And when the Israelites stop practicing the holidays, Uh, They become really unfaithful. It's like they forget about the covenant. Hmm. Um, And then you'll see in the stories of the kings and in Chronicles that when you really get a really good king that comes along, like Hezekiah or Jehoshaphat or Josiah are three of the big ones. They reinstitute the day of atonement. Mm -hmm. They celebrate the feasts again. And it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. And all these people are sitting around like, oh my gosh, we haven't done this in generations. We didn't even know that this was supposed to happen. And then you as the Bible reader think, really? You were supposed to be celebrating these all along. Mm -hmm. So then you realize somewhere along the line, they stopped feasting. They stopped their holidays.
0: Did they just stop out of apathy or was it because of like um, being taken over or having... What's it called when they like were like, exiled? Exiled, is that part of it too?
1: Um, the so those three kings that I just mentioned mm-hmm. they hadn't been exiled before. Okay. Um, they reinstituted. Okay. There is one when Est- um, Ezra and Nehemiah mm-hmm. reinstituted after coming back from exile. Mm-hmm. Yes, but okay. these earlier ones, um, it's really just because they've forgotten their covenant and they started worshiping wow. other gods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they build other shrines and offering places um, to sacrifice to different gods. And they start to practice other cult religions and pagan religions from their neighbors Mm -hmm. more than practicing
0: the way of Yahweh. Good thing that doesn't happen now. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Like save us, Lord. Shoot. Oh, I just... I think I think that's a, that's a really I don't know that feels like a yeah. word for now of like mm-hmm. uh, all the things we like put before god wow. and the lack of remembrance and even just the call to to really honestly set our hearts on hmm. you know a commitment to do communion you know wow is somehow the the opposite of what like the the way to fix what's going on in our culture wow. possibly that's beautiful
1: I think mm. there'd be a lot of mainline Christians, Lutherans, Catholics who would say amen, <laughs> yes yeah. and amen to what you just said. And I'm glad that you like came to that as a conclusion mm-hmm. of the notes so far because um, God instituted these holidays for a reason. And we see in the Old Testament mm-hmm. when they're not practiced it's correlated with bad things happening totally in the worship of the people
0: um at the time of like the birth of christ were the israelites doing all these pretty regularly Mm. again yes yeah i know they did passover but i was just curious Mm -hmm. if that meant they were doing all the all the stuff
1: yeah i'm glad you asked actually if you read the new testament if you're like me um my eyes used to just glaze right over these words, mm-hmm. but it'll actually say like in the feast of booths, oh, wow. Jesus was doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I have always done is just not even remember that that's happening because that's just like fluff words. Uh-huh. I don't even know what that means. Totally. So I just keep moving along.
0: They're not red letters, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're
1: not the red letters. Yeah. It's not John three sixteen, So mm-hmm. I didn't know it. Exactly. 100%. <laughs> but uh, yes, actually, Jesus does things in specific timing. Um, so the Feast of Booths, or of Tabernacles, it's mm-hmm. called Sukkot in Hebrew, yeah. and it's the celebration of when God led His people through the wilderness mm-hmm. and how they had to dwell in tents. So even to this day, Jewish people will like build these like tent-like structures. They did this on the on the chosen. Do you remember they they, um, Nathaniel put up this, um, like branch like structure with leaves. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Mm -hmm. they're practicing tabernacles right there. That's so cool. That's one of their feast Mm -hmm. days. Um, they definitely would have been doing that in Mm -hmm. Jesus's day. And
0: you're saying that kind of maybe what Jesus was doing had something to speak to maybe those holidays throughout his ministry. Exactly. That's dope. That's not surprising, but (laughs) that's really cool. The
1: timing is key. Mm -hmm. If, if the timing wasn't key, then the gospel writers wouldn't have even told us about it. Yeah. Okay. Which is something that's, um, that you just have to learn in how to read the Bible mm-hmm. is learn. Oh, all of these details are intentional. None mm-hmm. of them are just fluff.
0: That's so good.
1: In the West, we have a lot of details that are fluff and it's fun, you know, paint a picture for you. Mm-hmm. They're not doing that in the Bible. They're not just trying to paint a picture. They're trying to convey meaning with every mm-hmm. word. It's totally. Significant. Yeah. You know what I'm saying uh-huh. there? Yeah. Yeah. That difference. Um, So anyway, yeah. I mean, one of the examples that I thought to bring up is, um, it's almost Passover when Jesus feeds the 5,000. Yeah. Um, so that's to say that like bread and the satisfaction of his people Mm -hmm. is somehow connected to Passover in Jesus's mind. And then in John chapter six, when we're told that detail, um, Actually, that'd be interesting to look. Does it tell us that it's almost Passover in the other gospels or just in John? Because Mm -hmm. in John, what's unique about the feeding of the 5,000 is that it leads into Jesus saying, I am the bread of heaven. Mm -hmm. I am the bread of life. Eat of my flesh and drink of my blood and you will have life. That's the really challenging thing that we talked about oh, yeah. last week.
0: That like threw everyone off and he had to like keep explaining it. Exactly. But, like, kept making it worse for everyone else. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That was Passover mm-hmm. time. Probably one, maybe two years before the crucifixion. Um, So like, think about it on a calendar. That was like a spring, a year, or a couple years before it all went down. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. And that's intentional. So Jesus is trying to say, hey, like, you're going to be eating of my flesh. I'm even foreshadowing the Lord's supper, which I, hasn't happened yet by feeding all of these people. And then telling you, you're going to have to eat me because I'm the bread of heaven. He's connecting himself to so many things. There's a, another connection in John chapter six, um, is to the manna that God brought down into the wilderness for Moses and all of the Israelites in the wilderness to eat. Mm-hmm they wouldn't have survived if it wasn't for God's provision of this like incredible confusing food. Manna in Hebrew just means what is it? Oh really? Did you know that? No. Cause it's a mystery. What is this? What is this? That's what they called it. <laughs> Would you have some more? What is this? Yeah. Um, cause you don't know what it is. Yeah. But every morning when you walk out of your tent, except on the Sabbath day, it's there. And You've been eating it your whole life if you were like a little kid raised in the desert.
0: That's so crazy. <laughs> crazy? It's like as if we went outside and there was just McNuggets. You're like, what is this? <laughs> What's in this? <laughs> Thought you'd like that. You get me. <laughs> oh, it's good. Yeah,
1: what is this? I don't <laughs> know. Maybe I'll just like peel off the bread and nibble. See see what it tastes like. Uh okay, so there's all these connections to bread. God's provision coming down from heaven. There's another one that I want to point out briefly in the temple and the tabernacle. There was a table that was supposed to be constructed called the table of the bread of the presence. Mm -hmm. And on it were 12 loaves of bread called the bread of the presence. Have you heard of this before?
0: I like, I've seen a picture of like temple setup kind of a thing. Yes. But yes. Okay. Yeah. So there's like, I don't think, that's not a common thing. So please explain. Yeah. There's
1: in the temple, there's various instruments, things. Mm -hmm. There's, there's an altar where you burn incense. There's a menorah, which is just a lamp stand. Mm -hmm. Menorah is Hebrew for lamp stand. Um, and you light these lamps and the the flames should always be burning. Um, and that represents God's presence, you know, let there be light. Light represents God's presence all throughout scripture. Um, in the tabernacle and in the temple, for sure, that's true. And then that light is shining down on these 12 loaves, mm-hmm. 12 being significant because... The tribes. Amen. There are 12 tribes of Israel. Mm-hmm. So there are 12 loaves to say, hey, this is God's light shining on all of his people all the time. That's always happening. And then also the loaves were eaten by the priests. It was like part of their food, part mm-hmm. of their payment and it was given as a sacrifice like a grain offering from the people um so that to say there's there's some significant bread <laughs> all throughout scripture mm-hmm. and i i think we can actually find jesus in all of it wow all of these bread things are pointing to mm-hmm. why he ultimately calls himself bread and he tells people to eat of him
0: it's so wild. It's
1: all rooted in this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Bread's one of the most amazing things. It like it's even outside really of amazing. like all the Christ mystery. I think I've shared this on the on the podcast before. Maybe not. I've told you. But like a human could eat flour and drink water and it would only sustain them for a little bit. They would eventually die. There's just not enough nutrients. Wow. But if you mix the flour and water and let it rise to become bread and bake it, You can live off that your whole life. I don't know. There's something, there's something kind of cool to that. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. I don't think, I don't think you've said that on the podcast
0: before. Yeah. That's amazing. Also, I've heard that from a Netflix documentary could be wrong, but it it deeply (laughs) moved me. All right. And it's a beautiful piece of documentary work, but um, (laughs) thank you, Netflix. mm -hmm. (laughs) Shout out.
1: That's so good. Okay. Something going on. Maybe Jesus knew. Maybe God knew when bread was the thing yeah, to I kick th- it off with. <laughs> I think so. Also, teaser yeah. Bethlehem. Yes. Bethlehem. Bread house. House of bread. Wait, really? Yes. I was just joking. Really? That's
0: amazing. You were just joking. Yeah. It means house of the bread. That's amazing. Whoa. Beit? Yeah,
1: <laughs> dude, tell Whoa. me about it. This is like the Bible's crazy. Inception it's everywhere yeah house of the bread bread the, within the, the bread the bread of life mm-hmm. was born in the house of bread <laughs> that's so cool Beit is house mm-hmm. lechem is bread so even if you go to like a jewish person's house today mm-hmm. and they have their um sabbath bread for you it's this beautifully woven oh, yeah. brown bread that they like painted with egg whites it's delicious they call that the lechem wow because it's that's just he that's a just a hebrew word for bread
0: let's go Beit lechem. There you go. Uh, Isn't that fun? Dude, it's everywhere. This is not good for me. I'm on keto right now, and I want bread so bad. Shoot. It's okay. That'll the, do it. The Lord will sustain me. Yes, thank because you, Because man cannot live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth.
1: Amen when when does that appear in the bible do you remember pop quiz i'm gonna oh shoot did i put you on this? spot no
0: you've i'm looking at his notes for the record and he's mentioned so many scriptures that are not listed on here and it's just amazing <laughs> this guy's mind and his no. study of the scriptures is so wonderful shoot you're um that's so nice it's in the second half of the bible you got it mm-hmm. and the first half dang it <laughs> you got it it's both okay <laughs> All right, so cool. Jesus
1: says that yeah. when Satan says, turn yeah, least, this
0: loaf, mm-hmm. turn, the, turn the rock into a loaf. If it was on multiple choice, I would have gotten that one. Yeah, but the have. Old Testament one, this is new to me.
1: Okay. Deuteronomy 8, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus is quoting Deuteronomy when he says that. Okay. Yeah. So it's a quote. Okay. Um, And it's essentially after the whole manna situation where God is pointing to the manna and saying, hey, people, I want you to remember that You don't just rely on the thing that I gave you. You rely on me. Wow. Rely on the hand that feeds you, not the food that comes out of the hand that feeds you. Mm -hmm. You know, that's good. That's really good. There's a lot going on in Deuteronomy eight. If you want to read it, it's great. But anyway, wow. How beautiful. I've kind of fallen off the notes, but this is really fun. It's my fault. Oh, we should read this. I just found this today and it blew my mind. Let's do it. Um, if you already knew that this was there and it was I mean, I've read this before, but I just didn't make this connection. If you knew about this, please comment below, because I'd love to celebrate with you. Isaiah chapter 25. Earlier in Isaiah chapter 21, or chapter 1, I should say, um, Isaiah is saying, hey, Israelites, God is sick of your feasts. Mm -hmm. You're a hypocrite when you do them. Which is the other side of the coin um, of uh, unrighteous israelite living Mm -hmm. (laughs) if they're not doing it right it's because they're not practicing the feasts at all or when they do practice the feasts they do it religiously Mm -hmm. like the pharisees they just do it but actually their hearts are cold and they don't take care of the poor and the widow which is a huge theme all throughout the bible so it's like hey you are following these laws but you're a jerk (laughs) (laughs) and they're supposed to change you into a good person Mm -hmm. so you're missing the point yeah and god says that all throughout So Isaiah is saying that in chapter one, that's kind of how he, it's a manifesto that Isaiah starts his whole book off with is all these laws, all these rules, all these feasts, Mm -hmm. you're missing the point. God actually hates your sacrifices because you're missing the point. This is in that same book where these people have been missing the point. This is a hopeful moment. Isaiah chapter 25 verses six through nine. We'll see when I stop reading. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well-refined. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces and the reproach of his people. He will take away from all the earth for the Lord has spoken. You see the connection there?
0: Yeah. Wow. That is beautiful. I mean, I'm, the connection I'm assuming is like Golgotha. Yes. Is that where my, that's where my mind went. Yes. Am I missing something else? No,
1: you got Golgotha for sure. So mm-hmm. why, what, what made you think Golgotha?
0: Well, mountain and, mm-hmm. oh, the feast part. I didn't connect to that. Boom. But the mountain and like the, the swallow up death and the covering cast over all peoples. Yes. Like that's obviously the, the cross. I love it. The feast feast let's talk about that
1: let's talk about it yeah okay i think there's a lot going on it's like god it's interesting that he chooses to use the word swallow up death Mm. it's like i'm going to consume death yeah and then it's no more it's gone um and in the same way on golgotha jesus is making this this is the, the pinnacle moment right where two that's the point to which Jesus is pointing when he says, this is my body broken for you. Hmm. Yeah. Eat of it. Swallow it. Wow. This is a feast that I'm instituting. As often as you do this, remember me. Come on. You see that? Yeah. So I I think it's, it's like, to me, what this is, is the Lord's supper prophesied. Mm-hmm the connection between the Lord's supper and the crucifixion and our salvation are all interwoven right here.
0: Wow. Come on. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, so, that's you, so beautiful. It's
1: like the victory feast that we have to celebrate that death is no more. Hmm. It even says swallow up death forever. Talk about eternal life mm-hmm. and consumption is, yeah it's it's all right there yeah i just didn't i I didn't appreciate this nearly as much as
0: that is so beautiful i mean ever
1: have i appreciated this so much um tim Mackey pointed it out Mm. as you could expect uh check isaiah 25 if you want to read that it's stunning
0: do you do you think that communion is to be treated as like a festival or holiday kind of a thing but like a multi-year thing, like in that frame set or, Mm. or, or I guess also why? Yeah. Did, did Jesus call us to do this so often, or is it like the shifting of Passover even to be like this new thing Mm. with a new remembrance and really is Christ only calling us to do communion once? And it's supposed to be so special in that way. These are great questions, Jace. I know you probably don't have the answer. These are just like kind of yeah the the thoughts that mm-hmm. I'm thinking right now.
1: You're not the first person to have that thought, okay. which is really sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's probably way more than I'm aware of, mm-hmm. but there was a there was a I forget if they called themselves Presbyterians. I think they were called the Covenanters in Scotland in the 1800s. I mm-hmm. think maybe 1700s. It was after the Great Awakening with Charles Wesley and George Whitfield um, essentially these Christians decided we're going to do an annual communion. Okay. Once a year Mm -hmm. at Passover, Mm -hmm. it's going to be our Easter communion celebration. yeah. And we're going to come together and it's going to be this week where you, you prepare for it in Mm -hmm. repentance. Wow. You die to yourself. There's days set aside for confession. Mm -hmm. So you just like, you just confess your sins to one another and then there's days set aside for making things right with your brother or sister that you might have disagreements with. Mm -hmm. And then you come and you eat this incredible feast celebrating Jesus's crucifixion and resurrection. Wow! And it's a week long festival Mm -hmm. that, that that at least used to happen. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty confident that there are still Christian traditions today that only do communion once a year. But I think the The point of that is, well, the um, I think theologically, not to jump back in the systematic stuff, you're good, but theologically, what that would do is say, This um, this isn't something that is nourishing my spirit that I need regularly, okay. And the like mainline response that says transubstantiation or consubstantiation Mm -hmm. would say, Actually, I I'm supposed to partake of this regularly because it's my spiritual sustenance. Like I'm in the same way that in our church, we will like want to encounter Jesus. Yeah. They want to encounter Jesus by consuming of his flesh and drinking of his blood. Yeah. Um, an encounter to their spirit is culminated in communion. Hmm. So if that's the case, I want to do it all the time. Totally. Once a year is yeah. not nearly enough. Mm-hmm. So that's why the systematic stuff actually is helpful mm-hmm. because we start to parse out, well, if it really is doing something for us spiritually, yeah. we probably want to do it more often. Mm-hmm. But if that's not necessarily the case, mm-hmm. then we just want to make sure that whenever we're doing it, we're doing it really well, that we're thinking it through and we're celebrating it rightly mm-hmm. in order to like, bring right honor to Christ. And to allow our hearts to be pure in the act. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that's good. Is that a? Yeah. No. Totally. Super interesting.
0: I like. I mean, what the Covenanters do is really beautiful. But yeah, I think it is. It is more than that. Than more than just a remembrance thing. Mm -hmm. At least according to, at least what the apostles believed.
1: It seems like it. Totally. Ulrich Zwingli might disagree with us. Mm -hmm. But. And you podcast listener might also disagree with us and totally. that's okay. Yeah. What's cool is that we're brothers and sisters in the faith, mm-hmm. regardless of how we view that. Totally.
0: Um, there's a pretty good chance I'll disagree with me tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. As long as we agree on the main things. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's so fun.
1: Uh, I'm glad you asked that question. Hopefully that, I am mean, that's the best answer I have. I think there's gotta be way more to it though.
0: I think, I would love to get into this imagery that I learned when reading this Bible project article that like really just like ministered to me. Yeah. I mean, also, this is just also beautiful, but this, you know, we hear, we often hear that like Jesus says, I am the bread of life, you know, eat of me, a lot of bread imagery, Mm. but I never put together him calling himself the vine as well. Oh, and, and the Eucharist, you know, like those being connected i was just like i always pictured i didn't even picture grapes for some reason i was just like some viney plant and if i'm if i'm away from him i die that makes sense you know (laughs) yeah but the fact that it's like he's like this the source and it's like the vine like the the wine vine you know it's like i don't know i just (laughs) that added to so much of this like bigger picture of what communion is to me that's good do you have a better way to describe what i just said (laughs) (laughs) I think you just said it. Uh,
1: Maybe I'll play around with it too. Please do. When I, I remember as a kid thinking funny that Jesus called himself a vine. Mm -hmm. Why didn't he call himself a tree? Yeah. I'm the tree and you are the branches. We're a fruit tree together. That makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. Odd that he chose the word vine. Mm -hmm. Classic Jesus. (laughs) He like, (laughs) he like takes something that you might expect and twists it. Yeah. To give it another meaning, but he's not going to tell you what that meaning is. He wants you to figure it out. And I I think that's it. Mm-hmm. I think he's essentially saying like, from me will flow this wine of life. Mm-hmm.
0: Abundant life. Ab- <laughs> Amen. Mm-hmm. And, and that, like abiding and yeah.
1: All throughout that. scripture, wine, well... I, Yeah. All throughout scripture in these festivals and also in the Psalms, wine is something that's a gift from God to make the heart of man glad. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a celebratory thing. I mean, Jesus's first miracle, he turned water into wine. Mm -hmm. There's something about the kingdom of God in the celebratory act. Yeah. And I don't think we should ever think about what Jesus does with wine without thinking about what that then also means for his blood. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because for him I think the images are inseparable.
0: Wow. Um come on, like the fact that his first miracle was him like producing like his blood at a wedding. It's like, whoa like are you kidding me? (laughs) Isn't that wild? That's like that's so good. Inception on inception of revelation and wow. That's like so cool. That's profound. Mm -hmm. Apparently
1: I haven't heard it, but apparently there's a great Tim Keller sermon on that. Really? So I want to look it up. My friend Lou told me about it. Um, And that's it. Basically saying this of course is the greatest miracle that Jesus could begin with because he's foretelling all of it, his blood. Yeah. And he's saying, Oh, this (laughs) is another point that Lou told me about. Um, what is, what an incredible cost that wine would have been Mm -hmm. for the people who were running the wedding banquet. But what a much greater cost was Mm -hmm. Jesus's blood. Wow. Like thinking about the cost of the wine that they, you know, supposedly waited for the best wine to be last, Mm -hmm. meaning the most costly wine that he'd ever consumed. Whoever that critic was that was complimenting on the flavor of the wine. Mm Mm-hmm. Of course, it's going to be the most costly wine you've ever had because it came from the one who will bleed the most costly wine in human history.
0: Good night. (laughs) Come on,
1: the Bible is so cool. Oh, it never ends.
0: Beautiful.
1: (laughs) Oh, make a t-shirt that says that. Yeah, the Bible's beautiful, and I, I also thought this was really beautiful. Um, so Jesus in the Last Supper, right? He's saying, this is the new Exodus. My blood is the new covenant. He's fulfilling these things that were in the law. And then less than 24 hours later, I think, if we have the timing right, um, he's hung on a tree. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of Peter's letters that doesn't call it a cross. It calls it a tree. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a dead tree. Yeah. It's a tree cut down for lumber in order to cut down humans Yeah. for death. Um, and it's out of that tree of death that the greatest tree of life is mm. born because God is all in the business of flipping things upside down. That'll preach. That will preach, won't it? Oh my that's word. That's not my idea in case you think I'm smart.
0: No, you're good. I do think you're smart, but I also didn't... I knew that wasn't yours. Yeah, it that's was Tim Mackey. It was God's, <laughs> actually. It was
1: definitely God's. Oh, come on. <laughs> Isn't that great? Yes. A tree of death mm-hmm. that Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, turned into a tree of life. I just adore that. So, anyway... All this tree imagery, tree of life, participation Mm -hmm. with God. It's, you see how it's less cut and dry. It's all just kind of one connected, interwoven tapestry of beauty. Mm -hmm. Um, I like that we call it communion because we're communing with the Lord Mm -hmm. and communion is true. If we're talking about the tree of life in the Garden of Eden, it's true as we talk about just having a meal. With each other in our communities, Mm -hmm. the root word is still there. Wow. And so when Jesus institutes this, uh, what I think is so just practical, it's simple. Jesus is simultaneously the most brilliant human because he's God and the most approachable, simple, lovely Hmm. human. Because a child gets this stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Of course, Jesus wouldn't come with a, um, oh, I'm spacing on the word. When you're trying to get your doctorate, when you're uh, applying for your PhD, oh. you write what's called a dissertation. Yes. Jesus doesn't come with a dissertation for yeah. us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Where only a scholar with an incredible vocabulary can really understand what he's after. Totally. He gives us a meal.
0: Come on. That's so cool.
1: He says, hang out with each other and think about me. (laughs) Eat these elements because they are me. Whatever that means. Mm -hmm. I mean, what else is there to say?
0: Totally. I think, yeah. And just throughout (laughs) the life of Christ, it's just, I love that the gospel writers wrote so many times, how many meals he had with people. Mm. you know i think that's really cool yeah like before death and after death like just right. all like he just loves meals he just loves like to get a question and be like sit down it's gonna need a long walk and a cup of tea you know <laughs> it's, it's literally like that yeah it's like tim mackey's version of of fish on the beach kind that's of a thing.
1: Good. fish on the beach
0: <laughs> i love that it's like
1: cook one of these fish and we'll have breakfast together friends i'm mm-hmm. a resurrected christ Let's talk about it. (laughs) Let's talk about it. Yeah. It's just so practical because like, I don't know, there's something that really happens. I assume other humans experience this. I definitely do. If I have a group of people together and we're talking, it's a great gathering. Mm -hmm. Put food in the middle of all of us. Somehow that gathering just it just evolved into something even better. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Totally. When we're like, when we're actually sharing food, I don't even know what that is. It's like a mystical thing almost that happens. But Mm -hmm. I think community is actually enhanced just when food's around. We're partaking of what sustains our life together and we're enjoying delicious flavors. And man, this is why I really loved talking about hospitality. Um, and celebration in some of our e- earlier podcasts, the discipline of celebration. And Jesus was supposedly accused of being a glutton because of how often he feasted and had banquets.
0: Hmm. Wow.
1: I wonder. Hmm. So anyway, there there are a couple more things I guess we could say.
0: You can say. Is We've it got a time kind of,
1: if you want. There's, there's really significant moment of jesus breaking the bread giving thanks the hebrew word excuse me the greek word right there is eucharisteo so that's where the eucharist comes from Mm -hmm. giving thanks because eucharist means to give thanks so when jesus breaks the bread and gives thanks that's it's the eucharist that's where that word is sorry i've said the same thing now three times but (laughs) um but the road to emmaus i think is another moment moment that we could at least point to yeah that those two disciples that are walking from Jerusalem to this little town called Emmaus, they're all of a sudden joined by this mysterious man who somehow knows all of scripture and points all of it to the Messiah, Jesus. Yeah, And they're like, whoa, at first this man hadn't even heard about the crucifixion of our Lord and that supposedly our Lord is raised from the dead. So we're walking with this mysterious man on the road talking about the Bible and he's exegeting it pointing to jesus and all of it and all the while we're probably thinking who is this guy he's so cool we we would love it if he could meet jesus i bet he'd be a good jesus (laughs) follower totally and then they get to emmaus and they sit down and well first the mysterious man says he's going to keep walking and they invite him in yeah they like want his company Mm -hmm. no stay stay it's late please such a good story we loved your company yes the story is one of my favorites in the whole bible and then this mysterious man picks up the bread and he breaks it and gives Eucharist for it. Mm-hmm. He gives thanks. And somehow these two disciples eyes are opened yeah. and they, Oh my goodness gracious. That's Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> We've been walking with him this whole time. <laughs> how, how did, yeah. how did that happen? Totally. What? But it's in the breaking of the bread yeah. that his identity is
0: revealed. To yeah. Them. It's like, as if communion Is eternal life and eternal life is knowing god (laughs) you know it's like in the breaking the bread we like know god too you know oh isn't that cool yes oh isn't this so poetic (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh i have goosebumps also to wrap up that story then he just disappears (laughs) (laughs) he disappears which is crazy it's so cool I think that's so fun. I
1: hope that we all have that ability in the resurrection. Mm-hmm. I assume we will, because mm-hmm. Jesus's body is the only one we have to look toward for <laughs> what the resurrection body oh. is lo- going to look like. But anyway,
0: I think the image of these guys sitting there, he breaks bread and someone's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> 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 and then he just poofs. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's a little edgy of a joke, but that's I'm gonna a, leave it up. Uh, I think that's funny. It's his name. <laughs> yeah, it's his name. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, it's just like Wow. Oh like it's this exclamation.
1: <laughs> oh, can can you tell a um, listener that we have fun when we record the podcast? Uh, that's good. Uh okay. Wow. Two. That
0: like that that totally gave me that insight of like there's something to know God fully is to. One participate in this with mm-hmm. others. And, but also to, to like, remember what he did on the cross wow. is like, we will not understand the fullness of God until we just spend a whole lifetime meditating on the cross.
1: Oh, that's right. And breaking the bread. Yeah. By breaking, the, gonna do by it. breaking the bread. And yeah.
0: Drinking the wine.
1: Amen. Or Welch's. True. Wine or Welch's. I don't, yes. I don't know. Yeah, totally. That's who you are. and i said it before i'll say it again acts two they were committed to breaking bread together Mm -hmm. it's really clear in the new church um that that's an essential aspect of what it means to be christian
0: and you think and is it it's pretty well accepted that that means Mm -hmm. communion yeah it does to the because even then i mean we talked about how it looked like a feast and all this kind of stuff back then sure but i was Mm -hmm. like or they just ate together and that was meaningful but yeah. it's like actually this remembrance of Christ, exactly. It's yeah, like, there's really no debate about that, right? They
1: they did it weekly. There's no debate about that, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, um, but uh, early church scholars believe that Christians got together every Sunday after work, um, and they did it on Sunday because that was when they were celebrating that Jesus raised from the dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. So they they Good. shifted their, you know. Their holy day was Sabbath, and I, I think they many of them would still keep a Sabbath mm-hmm. on from Friday evening till Saturday evening, but then Sunday was when they got together to celebrate the resurrection, mm-hmm. and it was on Sundays that in celebrating the resurrection, they would take communion together, so that was a weekly practice, um, and in early church writings, they referred to the Lord's Supper as the breaking of the bread. Mm-hmm. Um, so that became shorthand before we had words like communion or the Eucharist mm-hmm. or mass, the Lord's supper. Um, it was the breaking of the bread. So good. Oh, and then they also called it the love feast. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that's, that cool? So lovely. Uh, but yeah, as far as I'm aware, there's no debate about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that maybe, maybe there's debate that Christians got together and Sometimes they didn't participate in communion with each other if it was like midweek gatherings. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, if I'm remembering right, this is a deep dig for me, friends. It's been a long time since I was in college. But if I'm remembering right, there are some accounts of early church Christians meeting nightly after work and breaking bread together. Wow. Meaning taking communion together mm-hmm. nightly, um, which Christians around the world today still do. hmm so, you know, again, whatever form it takes, I think the important thing is that your heart is right and that you're you're in remembrance. Totally. Mm-hmm. Uh. Last thing. Yeah. I honestly, I have a bunch more things, but the last thing in scripture, because we started at page one, it would only make sense to end at the last page. Mm-hmm. Is uh, that eschatologically, mm-hmm. meaning as we look forward to the new creation. Um, we're invited back to the tree of life in the new Jerusalem is what revelation shows us Wow, where we are going to eternally partake of the presence of God. Uh, And it's again, uses that tree of life imagery where we're like eating of his presence. So in case you didn't believe that that's a thread that really began at the beginning and ended at the end, Hmm. there it is so cool it's 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 everywhere so in a way when we do communion we look back to jesus's crucifixion mm-hmm. we celebrate his resurrection and we look forward to his second coming mm-hmm. when he makes all things right and when all of the sadness and the tears and the pain and the death are finally done away with yeah and we're communing with god in eternity
0: hmm.
1: we 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 proclaim the Lord's coming until we see him again.
0: So that's what that means. It's like,
1: we're looking forward and looking back both directions, seeing the hope of Christ. Wow. Did that, did that make sense?
0: Yes. Okay, cool. Beautiful sense.
1: Sweet. (laughs) I'm just,
0: I'm just like, just enjoying this.
1: Oh, it's fun, isn't it? So good. This has been really good. Thank you, Tom Lopak for bringing this conversation to our attention. Totally. This is what happens when we get feedback and people ask us to do things on podcasts. Mm-hmm. This was really, really good. Um, th- if we had more time, one thing I was curious to do was to just unpack first Corinthians 11 a little bit more, which is where Paul is talking to the Corinthian church about the way they take communion. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe if it's okay, I'll just add a little detail yeah, that nice I didn't too. say last week. Cause it's, Kind of new to me, but the way that Tim Mackey presented this was um, that, well, here, I'll just read it. It says in 1 Corinthians 11, Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy way shall be guilty of the blood of the body and the blood of the Lord but a person must examine himself and in so doing he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup for the one who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself. If he does not properly recognize the body, um, that can sometimes be like a sobering part Mm -hmm. of this whole conversation where I think, Whoa, like I, I don't know. What does that make you think of? I should ask you first, Jace, before I put words in anyone's mouth.
0: Yeah, this, I mean, it, one reminds me of the covenant tours that we were talked about. Yeah. Of like they really had this whole week of preparation mm-hmm. and maybe the act of communion, like we do at Riverhouse every third week of the month or whatever it lands on, um, is like a time of reflection to make sure your heart is in check and you are like in right standing with mm-hmm. people. You know, Mm -hmm. um, because uh, I mean, what I'm reading is like, I think if you, if you are not, if there is not the fruit of good standing and good relationships around you, then you probably aren't like you aren't in the right, you're not genuinely following the Lord. Hmm. And if you're not genuinely following the Lord, then there is this judgment that comes on you, you know? And so it's like, even though you might be in the church community or whatever, but there is like so much unhealth in your life and disconnection and, mm. and hardness in your heart and everything. It's like, there's, there, there hasn't been, you're just doing, going through the motions mm. and you're looking a little goat like, you know? Yeah. And that that's scary. Wow. Um, so like that's where my mind goes. Yeah. And I don't like talking about that. But I also have deep peace of knowing that like, you know, my heart is in pure pursuit of the Lord. Yeah. And while I might stumble and fall, I know that like I'm keeping my, my relationships in check and everything. And so like for me personally, it's not terrifying. Cool. I don't know. That's my like little, I would what's guess, your
1: thought? Cause you have confidence in the blood of Christ. Yes. Yeah. And the grace. Mm hmm. That his salvation isn't something that you've earned.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh yeah.
1: Right. Totally. Same. Okay. I wrestle with these for all the same reasons I think you just said. Yeah. Uh, And it, it feels to me like, well, when you were speaking, what I really loved is it brought back the Isaiah moment we talked about earlier Mm -hmm. where people are just practicing the feasts, but they're really hypocrites. Totally. Because they're not taking care of the poor among them and the prophets have a lot to say to people like that as does john the baptist when he calls the pharisees the brood of vipers Mm -hmm. you know those are convicting words yeah if i was a pharisee i would be offended by that totally um and so i think i think we need to take that seriously we need to vet ourselves for hypocrisy where we can Mm mm-hmm especially in the context of the Corinthian church, which if you read first Corinthians 11 and it's all, all this context, you'll see this church was super messy. And what was happening is I think I mentioned this last week, but there was an elite group of oh, yeah. people who they'd meet in a wealthy person's home because it was big enough for the whole church to gather in. And when they either didn't work or got off work, they'd start eating and drinking. And then the working class would come in later And the food and wine would be gone. Yeah. And they're actually, I learned this recently. Um, I think the room that they would eat in was called the triclinium and it was, it only fit like 15 to 17 people in a big triclinium, Mm -hmm. but house churches could be as big as 40 or 50 people. Um, so they think there's another issue that there's not even enough seating room where the elite people choose to sit. Yeah. They need to like go out into the atrium, which is more like a, a living room. It's mm-hmm. a bigger space where everybody could meet. Yeah. Um, but essentially what's woven in the first Corinthians context is these people are, they're elitist, they're judgmental, they're classist, they're yeah. exclusive. Um, they're not feeding the poor among them. So that hypocrisy is happening with these elite Christians and Paul does not want to tolerate it. Uh, And so I think that's part of why you get these harsh words because he's speaking to a specific context where hypocrisy is manifest. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to say that to say, when you read these words, listener, when we read these words as Christians today, we need to remember that they're not spoken to us. They're spoken for us, by the grace of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. We have things to learn from them in their context, Yes, but they're spoken directly to some hypocritical elitist Christians in Corinth. Yeah. Um, and in that context, we actually understand more what Paul might be saying. Totally. And so that doesn't mean you shouldn't vet yourself for hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. You absolutely should. If mm-hmm. hypocrisy is present, be rid of it. Yes. Flee from Satan. Right. Paul says elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But also this is the Paul that says you are saved by grace through faith and that not of what you do. So no one can boast. This is not a religion about, Oh, sorry. I don't know. Timmy, Mm -hmm. you came into church today, but that sin that you did yesterday actually excludes you from taking the Lord's supper today. Totally. So, um, Try again next week. Mm -hmm. This week, it's a no-go for you because you're a sinner.
0: You've been disqualified. Right. Mm -hmm.
1: That's what I don't want anyone to hear in these words. That's really well said. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Instead, I want that person who just sinned the day of to come and recognize at the altar, Jesus, I'm a broken person Mm -hmm. and I don't need to earn the opportunity to take your feast because you give your feast, your flesh and your blood to me freely. Mm -hmm. In fact, this is designed for sinners. Mm -hmm. He says, I'm the physician that comes to the sick. So good. Um, so I don't want the, the Eucharist or the communion moment to feel like a moment that, um, inspires insecurity or shame. True. True. And I think sometimes these verses have led people to that, mm-hmm. uh, which is this is less of a teaching moment, more of a pastoral moment, where I just want to say um, reflect on the grace of Christ mm-hmm. that these elements are for sinners. It's so good. They make us clean. Um, and as you, you know, vet your heart and repent, that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Please do that may i please do that rid ourselves of hypocrisy but but this isn't about like becoming pure mm-hmm. um on our own might in order to interact with jesus it's about jesus making us pure
0: he's done the work praise god okay i think i've made my point no that's a good point yeah so don't worry too much about those verses <laughs> <laughs> unless you're a serial hypocrite <laughs> That's right. Unless you're a whitewashed tomb. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. If you've felt a little broody and vipery lately, this is for you. Broody and (laughs) vipery.
1: That's good. Wow. Okay. You know what? That wasn't the happiest note to end on. I liked the note that we ended on earlier with the eschatology, but the tree of life. Yeah. We're communing
0: with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Praise him. From beginning to end. Tree, life, bread, wine, cup. Jesus, vine, (laughs) life, bread of life, flesh, presence, blood, communion, communion, break the bread, Eucharist, Jesus Christ. Here we are. So good.
1: Oh, isn't it good? Mm -hmm. Thank you, friends, for listening. Uh, We pray that this has been insightful and encouraging and maybe like made you fall more in love with scripture Mm -hmm. and communion. Totally. And Jesus. Oh, which they're oh, all inherently yes. connected so good mm. thank you jace
0: as always thank you benjamin this is a highlight of my week so good well we love you guys and we'll see you next week i think it
1: was that mcchicken joke that's the what really did it for me this week wow
0: i'm so glad <laughs> well
1: the blood of christ more than that but yes you know what i mean Yeah, for sure Presence.
0: <laughs> all right all right bye friends bye Thank you so much for listening to the Deep Waters podcast. If you have comments, questions, or concerns, maybe even a recipe or two, please send them to deepwaters at riverhouseministries.com. And if you would like to join us at Riverhouse for Sunday service, we meet at the Vineyard Boise at 4 p.m. We'd love to see you there. We cannot do this podcast without a little help from our friends. Our theme music was written and recorded by the Riverhouse worship team. Production is done by Jordan Sodeman. Special thanks to Isaiah Guerrero for our artwork. Benjamin Olson writes and co-hosts with me, Jace Langley, and I also edit this bad boy. If you like this podcast and want to keep going on this journey of discipleship with us, please leave us a review wherever you listen to the Deep Waters podcast. May Christ be with you wherever you go.